Welcome back to Retro Reco. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. And in this podcast, we recommend movies to each other. It can be any genre, any type of movie. It's just whatever we're kind of feeling that week. And this week, it was Shane's pick. Uh, Yeah, I recommended the 2019 movie Always Be My Maybe. Uh, If you haven't watched it yet, watch it on Netflix because it's, I mean, it's one of those quotable movies. Like, there's lots of fun, fun things on that. Um, So I recommend it. Uh, Yeah, it stars, um, it was co-written and stars uh, Ali Wong and Randall Park, uh, directed by, and I might say this wrong, Nanachka Khan. Um, Yep. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's... uh, it's just a it's it's a fun uh romantic comedy romp uh i like to think of it as two movies i like to think of it about a as, as a, about an hour and a half romantic comedy and about a 10 10 minute mini movie right in the middle starring keanu reeves um which i somehow did not know about that cameo or that part really and I was so happy when it happened um, because, yeah, it was amazing. When the first time I saw this movie, I've seen this. This I think this was my third or fourth watch through the movie. Um, the first time I watched the movie, I think I watched it by myself. And I was laughing so hard at the Keanu Reeves part that I had to actually stop it and rewind it and start over that part again. Um, so it, it's yeah. just it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I chose this movie, uh, because you had not seen it. Uh, it is, it is the, uh, easily the most recent movie that we have, we have done on the, the podcast so far. We probably will be seeing a lot of more recent movies from me while less recent from you is my yeah. guess. Um, I like old movies. What, you know, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I just like, uh, my, most of my recommendations are going to be fun like not necessarily cinematic masterpieces like you know this is never going to be shown in a film class i don't think but it's a great great fun movie and it's one of the better romantic comedy movies out there cuz it's a it's an updated more modern to like i would say our ages humor than most of the romantic comedies that that we experience yeah, um, I, I I would agree with that. Well, and that's the thing. Like in in rewatching it, kind of this morning to kind of take a few notes, and and this this will be probably more of a general discussion than than the other episodes have been because it's it's hard to kind of go scene by scene because like it doesn't make a sense. It I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, I wouldn't say generic, but it's got the generic romantic comedy structure of how it how it yeah. runs. So. I mean, you're really gonna know. It's just it's it's this is a this is a movie of moments. Yeah. Um. And and honestly, like I said, lines like yeah. You know, you'll you'll remember not necessarily where it came in the movie because they could honestly pull a lot of these these lines and tidbits from any spot of the movie and place it in another spot and it would fit in. Um. Because it's it's just it's just the the fun jokes. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and that's that's what I was gonna say was the fact that it's like it follows and and hits all of the romantic comedy tropes but doesn't feel tropey like it doesn't feel like it like it all of those tropes feel like they occurred naturally as opposed to it being like well we got to get to uh 
you know, them fighting and breaking up so that they can make up at the end. It's like, nope, that that felt like a pretty natural story progression, especially how these characters, like the basis we've gotten so far. Uh, and I would say a lot of that has to do with the natural chemistry between Randall Park and uh, Ali Wong. Yes. Um, they they just, I mean, it helps that they are friends in real life. Uh, they met in college, actually, uh, back at UCLA, even though I think Randall Park's like 10 years older than her, but he was still at college at the same time as her. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they met back in, in film school, uh, and that's how they, you know, got got together later on where uh randall park actually asked ali wong to help him write a to help him do this movie and she thought that she was helping him write a movie for him and a different actress she had no idea that she'd be acting because she doesn't do it a lot of acting honestly yeah um, yeah she's yeah she's movie. yeah she's yeah she's mostly known as a stand-up um and a, and a very good one yeah um, um and so so she was surprised when she found out that that he was like no this is this is me and you like that that that's how we're doing this movie is the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure that probably also helped like in, in her writing of being able to write for herself as well. You yes. Know? Um, you write, you write what you know. Um, and honestly, in a situation like this, there's probably no one better to fit into that role than, than her at that point. No, no, I, I don't think so. And that's, uh, yeah, I, I, I really liked the story. I, I saw on IMDb uh one of the one of the trivia notes was who who almost got cast as uh the the Keanu Reeves uh Wow, role. steal my thunder. Okay, man. I was okay, I was I was hoping I had a whole no no, no you, no, you go can talk go. about it. No, I I was gonna quiz you on it, but no, you're good. You can go I, now. I, I I was just about to look it up. I, didn't I know that I you were gonna go the deep earlier. dive into the into the stuff for my movie <laughs> uh no well it. i almost i almost was going to yeah there there also won't be a deep dive because i've been dog sitting and it's driving me crazy um so i haven't had time to do a deep dive uh but uh yeah i i, I noticed that 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 little thing and it was like all of these things like i didn't know one of the names though the like uh, martial artist person uh mark de, de Coscos. Yeah, I didn't know who that was, but uh, I am also not familiar with them. Okay. Um, but yeah, there there were there were a number of people who were almost cast in the Keanu Reeves. Like they had a list. They asked Keanu first. Or you would recognize the guy. <laughs> I just pulled him up. Okay. He's he's done a he's done a lot of of movies. Uh, not quite. You know, not necessarily the lead in anything. Oh, uh, like, okay. Uh, yep. The the picture just popped up. Okay. Yep. I know. Yep. Yep. Uh, He's one of those actors that you see in a movie and you're like, oh, that guy. That yep. being said, if it would have been Tony Leong, I would have lost my shit because I love that dude. But um, Tony Leong's great. Uh, and like this is pre, you know, Shang Chi, so like it would have it would have been a pull for sure. Um. But it's like, oh yeah, the dude from Hero and Hard Boiled, and you know, and Infernal Affairs, yeah. I mean, I think if they had ended up with Paul Giamatti, that would have made me laugh the most. It would have, but like, I I also saw Paul Giamatti coming out to sail. 
That being said, the song at the end works so much better because it's Keanu Reeves. Do you know the story about that song? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, what was the story so, about the song? So they they joke they make the joke in the movie about like you should write a song about it, and they had the initial um, movie set and everything, and they showed it to Netflix, and one of the execs at Netflix went, "So what's that song sound like?" I want to hear that song. So before it actually got the the full release on Netflix, um, uh, Randall Park wrote and recorded the the I Punched Keanu Reeves song. Okay, uh, good. He... I I was I was hoping that because as soon as they said that, I was like, okay, I want to hear that song because I actually liked a lot of the the songs from from Hello Peril. Um, oh, that's good. Those are also all all written by Randall Park. Yep, he he wrote he wrote all of them. Uh, and the name Hello Peril uh, is came from derived from uh, uh, the term Yellow Peril, which was the you know Asians taking over, yeah, you know white supremacist like idea of of it. And Randall Park was just like, no, this is a hundred percent what we should what we should take this on. Yeah, it definitely, and and that was the right choice. Um, and I I I did yeah I I very much liked the. That that being said, I'm glad they didn't um, because I've probably just watched Blues Brothers too much um, to to think that as soon as they introduced the tennis balls, I was thinking I was like, oh, they're going to actually sell a bunch of these, but they're going to get thrown on stage at them. Like oh, yeah. I, I was envisioning that happening and I was like, all right, that would be funny, but I don't want it to happen. And then it was like, oh, good. It didn't actually happen that way. All right, cool. He just, I, you know, writes a song about tennis balls. I feel like Randall Park worked backwards with that. I'm sh- I think he wrote a song about balls or tennis balls or something. And yeah. went, well, crap. Now how do we put this into the movie? Oh, how about... <laughs> yeah, no, that, it felt like that for sure. Uh, I also, I, I mean, I really, really liked the dynamic with the parents in this movie. Yes. Of the, um, I mean, Randall Park's father, uh, Marx's dad in the movie was was great. He was fun. Um, he had that that really nice, uh, like, good parent feel. You could see the caring between him and his son. Uh, and then on the flip side, you get uh, you get Ali Wong's parents, um who you could tell are trying one when you see them in the movie, but obviously from the beginning of the movie and the way that she reacts weren't there for her when she was younger. And, and just seeing that it's such a little piece of the movie, but you can actually, it's, it's known in the movie. Like it, you can see how it, how the feeling is there and it doesn't feel out of place. Like they shoehorn that in at the end when the parents come to see her, like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's, it was something thrown apart. Like it actually feels like a actual, you know, family relationship. Yeah. Well, and, and that also, it was, it was, it was interesting. Cause you could, you could actually see, um, a lot of Sasha's character in the, in that little scene of her, in in the younger days because yeah she's left at home alone her parents are just like hey we're working late at the store uh fend for yourself um so she makes you know a little thing but she actually does the kind of 
you know, modern day chef thing of like, oh, I'm going to make sure I put these little sprinkles on it like this, you know, kind of almost presenting the plate already, you know, yep. even at such a young age. But then, you know, she gets ready and, you know, it's clearly like, all right, cool. I'm getting it looked like spam and mashed potatoes, basically. But and then, you know, gets called over to Marcus's place and then it's like you so you already see that it's like oh no she does have like kind of this interest in cooking and then you know you see marcus's mom who's cooking and making this amazing looking soup um and kind of teaching her and that was that was also all always the thing and it's like because it's it's come up you know pretty often you know sometimes in movies of like uh, when when Marcus's mom dies, and he and she's like, you know, uh, you know, I, like I was close to her too, and it's like, no, no, you you were like you you see, like she was almost a surrogate parent to Sasha. Yes, you know, very much so. Well, I also like that they don't beat that over the head with you. That that it's it's you know it's it's something that. You can tell from that little scene at the beginning that it's true, and then that scene at the end where the restaurant's named after it doesn't feel far fetched, like something that she did for Marcus. Yeah, it feels like something she did for herself because that's who she cooked with. Yeah, that's who taught her. You know, that got her into this love. Yeah, um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, a lot of the tropes that are there don't feel. They feel earned rather than just tropey. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Which, and is, that... which is nice. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that I I realize like in the um, like it it'll be different kind of their relationship now moving forward of like you know instead of the kind of almost a little dismissive when they when they were on the red carpet it's like oh that's my boyfriend he works at uh you know HVAC he works at Vince like, yeah yeah um it's like she can now go it's like oh yeah no this is my boyfriend, we, you know, were best friends when we were younger and reconnected when I opened my restaurant in San Francisco. And that inspired me to open this restaurant. You know, that can be the intro moving yes. forward as opposed to, yeah, here's Marcus. He's a, he's a screw up, you know, which I'm sure that kind of, that will make him feel a little better or as well. And he won't kind of fly off the handle like he did you know, this time around. I also think that this movie shows a people fight, people in relationships fight. They make each other upset. It happens. This shows a more healthy fighting. Yes. There were points where it's just like, uh, yikes. Uh, Cause that always happens in relationships. But I, I feel like the shows generally showed a more healthy fighting and it didn't feel like either person was. Yes. She was pushing him past his bounds but like that was actually a situation where the dad was like dude come on get get yourself together like you're making up excuses to not do it um and and to me the the fighting the the uh the uber ride pack from keanu reeves yeah uh showed sh kind of like to me shows like the uh oh yeah this their fighting led to them getting together again like it's it because it's not these kind of arguments and fights aren't necessarily a bad thing at times. Like they can yeah. sometimes be a good thing. And I think that that 
that showed in the way that they and like you said has to do with a lot with their dynamic yeah uh but it it showed in the way that they they fought which yeah. is fun well yeah and that's like uh a, another show that i've been watching very very recently like uh has been ted ted lasso and in season two you know you get a lot of arguments and like like fights between roy and keely but you never feel like there's a lack of love there it's just hey this is a disagreement right now um they're probably going to get over it but like this is just you know the disagreement they're having at the moment and if the relationship is as solid as you think it is and is and as solid as it in ends up being in this movie you can get through a lot of arguments you know yeah. like think arguments happen like you just need to be mature and you know work things out to a certain level obviously you know yes and and yeah um boy like i just want to now i i sort of just want to talk about some of the some of the big laugh moments for me um i well, will say so one one of the big laugh moments and actually one of the ones that i wrote down in in my notes isn't even from the t two of our main characters it's actually said by uh the guy working at burger king um, oh, okay <laughs> yep. and so they they're clearly seniors in high school when his his mom dies right right about to go to college they have sex in his terrible car um and then decide to uh go and get some food and they go to burger king and this is when they get the, into the argument of like well it's my mom and like you know yeah you were close to her but it's like it was my mom and that whole stupid argument so she oh. leaves and then <laughs> the cashier at burger king is just like hey you can get it to go if you want and eat it in your car and cry yep <laughs> Which I'm sure he did. Yeah. Oh, he definitely ate it in his car and cried for sure. There was a pair of moments from his bandmate. Um, the I don't know the actor's name, but the guy from Deadpool. Uh, oh yeah. That, uh, that made me laugh a lot. Uh, the first one being uh, the high school reunion little thing of the four of of him and the bandmate uh, Sasha and and her. <laughs> her friend that were the the pregnant yeah yeah for, yeah veronica her her, her 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 yeah veronica yep. yes um outside meeting up and uh and he's like oh who's who's the uh oh he makes a joke <laughs> it's, about like, it's oh, not, mine, not mine is, is it? it yeah and she goes no it's my my partner's and then names her partner name which is like uh sharon or something like that um and he goes oh i'm actually an lg BTQIA ally. Uh, and has this little weird moment where he seems to be trying a little bit too hard to show that he is supportive of this. And she leaves and he says, Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it made me laugh so hard. It was just one of those things of like, Oh, that's an awkward guy that's just like, that who's like, I, I was like, I was being a dick a second ago and now I have to show that I don't, like, I don't disappoint her lifestyle so i'm gonna go way too far yeah and make this uncomfortable for everyone 
Yep. Uh, yeah, and and I and I realized throughout it, like I like the fact that Veronica is this weird little catalyst to a lot of this stuff because you know she's the one who calls Marcus and 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 her dad and his dad's like heating company to install the air conditioning you know knowing but then of course playing playing she didn't know because it was it was harry and son she thought that was the son like s-u-n that was a joke she made yeah i know that was a joke well and then the the uh oh veronica you got rid of all your piercings not all of them and then the awkward stare for a moment yeah it's the stare, really, that that makes that joke as good as it is. Um, but yeah, she she was great, um, and uh, yeah, the the bands the band stuff was all great. Uh, the the drummers, amazing, for the band. Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's uh, she's a lot of everything that I've seen her in. She's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. The other joke that that he made that I that that made me laugh was at the very very end of the movie because th- there was a couple times throughout the movie he was like I've lost so much weight and then like he's like you've never even commented at the, one of the post credits th- scene things um, he goes hey and you're looking great man what is that a medium he's like ah it's a it's a small or something yeah. like that and he walks away and he goes to take a drink and he goes I'm so hungry yeah I'm just like ah. as someone who's tried to lose weight before as a big guy like I can feel that like, yeah. Every yeah. time you try to try to lose weight, you just you just feel miserable. Yes, yes, you do. Um, and then I guess one of the one of the other characters that we haven't uh, touched on, <laughs> saving saving uh, definitely not the best for last. She's entertaining at points, but uh, Marcus's girlfriend Jenny. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a fun little thing about her dreadlocks that is that's done between him, uh, Marcus and Sarah, um, but. Yeah. It's one of those those things where you you can you can it's unfortunate because he's with her, but you can tell he's in on the joke when it comes to things said about her. Yeah, um, which is just means it's a bad relationship. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like yeah, it was a it was a bad relationship. The the only one of my my only things that I I didn't like about this movie was the fact that we got so little daniel day kim um i yeah. thought he was he was fun in the couple scenes he was in but you know for the for the plot to go as it needed he needed to be you know exit stage left um but um i wish we would have gotten a little bit more or with him just even just a little interaction because i saw that was one of the things they said about why it had to be Keanu Reeves in that dating um as as the guy she was dating um for the rebound because it needed to be someone that Marcus would be intimidated by yeah and uh-huh. that definitely would have also worked with Daniel Day Kim at the at the start of it like you could tell that he was like oh who's like oh he's he's like and even the dad trying to make all these jokes of like oh he's he's way older than you he's like oh yeah but he's like he looks really good for 50 and it's like yeah he's he a does. young 50 <laughs> he's a young 50 and it's like well yeah i mean look at him like uh daniel day kim was actually somebody he reached out to be in this movie oh really okay 
Yeah, he uh, when he found out about it, he was excited and and he's like, I want to be a part of that. Awesome. Um, okay. Which is which is cool. Uh, so my guess is that, uh, my guess is that it was either they were already planning on Keanu Reeves and uh, and had already gotten Keanu Reeves for it before Daniel Kim reached out. Yeah. Or Daniel, or they were, you know, in an earlier process and like Daniel Kim reached out and they were just like they were like, oh, we got this perfect role here for you. And then at that point they were like, well, let's not make that switch. Let's get Keanu. Yeah. Or or uh, also... or or probably like in 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 all honesty, you probably could have done this movie with the initial boyfriend being off screen. Yeah, you could have definitely. You know. He's 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 so not really necessary for the film itself. Yeah, it's like he's he's um, he's a catalyst to start the like the process, but that's really all he needed to function as. That's why it makes me think more so that that uh, they were later in the process of making yeah. this movie when Daniel Day Kim contacted them about it. And then they were like, well, we need to get him into it because it's Daniel Day Kim and this would be great. Yeah. Um, so then they built this role a little bit bigger than what it would have been. Um, now, uh, the other fun thing about Keanu uh, coming into this role was that they they sent a request to him to be in the role without with the I, the mindset that he would say no. Yeah. They were pretty much like like we got to shoot our shot, but it's probably not going to happen, which is why they had that list of backup uh actors that they were going to go for. Uh and Keanu like reached out and like quoted Ali Wong's stand up as he was reaching out and talked about how much he was really excited to do this, which is fun. Uh and then when he got there and then when he was uh when he was brought in, he helped write the role of Keanu Reeves of the Keanu Reeves character, and then he improved a lot of his lines and like the karate. He did that all himself. Like that was not in the script. When he starts doing karate, okay, um, that's that's good. I I kind of love that. Um... Yeah, there's a bunch of lines and a bunch of little things that that are done that that Keanu just improvised in the moment. Uh, because he he filmed this in a uh when he was on a four day break of filming uh John Wick three, um. And so it was really like a, a, a quick like storm of Keanu Reeves coming in and being like, we got to get through this, you know, get all this done as quickly as possible. And then before he has to go back yeah. and uh, and yeah, I'm sure Keanu was feeling a little uh, punch drunk, drunk a lot of it. Oh, um, yeah. Being, well, yeah, like, he, he, yeah, he definitely like it probably actually was a, ended up probably being a good thing because it gave him a break ache in that movie t as well because yep. like you know that whole you know john wick franchise is so on his shoulders that i'm sure it was like a hey keanu do you want to come and do this bit part where you can just be funny um which you really haven't gotten to do in years um other than the bill and ted remake or the bill and ted sequel um that was after this Oh yeah, that would have been after this, yeah. Um But yeah, it's like do you want to just be part of this like in these couple days of filming and just have fun and relax and just be able to you know, not have the burden of the entire production be on you. Yep. And then, yeah, and fun, I'm sure that they did have, like, apparent. I also read that uh, they did this scene where him and Ali uh, were together being like, I missed your, I missed your, uh, your, your soul. I missed your, I missed your body. I missed your feeling like 
They did that at 4 a.m. And then they were like, and we did it for hour for a very long time. Um, and it was a lot of Keanu repeatedly saying, like, like, talk about my body parts. Yeah, talk about my toes. Talk about my ass. He's like, I'm only going to talk about your soul and your being, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also, like, other than the, the spirituality and and stuff they got from, like, what we've heard and about Keanu, but everything else, that is the anti-Keanu from all of the stories that I've heard. Because, like, he's always sounds like he's such an incredibly nice stand-up human being. And oh, yeah. he's a jerk in this movie, but in the best ways. It's very much a, a Neil Patrick Harris in uh, Harold and Kumar kind of yeah. situation of, like, of like everybody knows this guy is a nice guy, so let's, like, make him as, as crappy as possible. Um, if it doesn't show that he's a nice guy, apparently one of the other things is when they were doing, like, like, uh photos for the film and like the red carpet premiere and things like that he he purposely made sure that he was on the outside because he's like the main characters and the people that were like the most in it need to be in the center and like need to be the focal point of these photos like i i am just an outside character that, that, that stepped into this thing uh you guys are are the ones that really did the work yeah that's and that's and that's good to hear um yeah I'm not surprised that I that that, that is his mindset on it. Oh no! You know, yeah, he is known as being one of the nicest guys. He's a horrible actor, but he's known as being one of the nicest guys on Hollywood. Hey, as as my friend, our he's great in this role. <laughs> he's well, then then and that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, um, and this was even this was actually right before even John Wick, um, came out. Uh, our friend Joey Kramer, uh, always had this thing. Of like Keanu Reeves has the best agent in Hollywood because yes. he only puts him, he or she, I can't remember who his agent is, only ends up putting Keanu in re in roles that work really well for Keanu. Now. Now. Like in the, but in it's the like, last yeah. you know, in the nineties that did not happen. There was a lot of roles that Keanu was in that he did not need to be in. Um, early 2000s i would say too but yeah. but, but i mean yeah, no now like, now he's only doing stuff that's perfect for him and and i love yeah. watching keanu movies because they're great for him except i don't i have no side to that yeah. matrix movie but well uh yeah don't i got halfway through it it wasn't very good um but like yeah you like like you you go through the whole list like you've got point break speed um you and you and i love the replacements um, oh yeah the replacements are great and then and then the matrix and then you've got you know bill and ted um and then you know finally you get the john wick movies he's actually pretty decent in lake house um but then again he's he's back with sandra bullock who he clearly has good chemistry i was just with. about to mention like a lot of those uh i, I didn't see lake house so i can't really speak to that yeah. one but I was going to say a lot of those like romantic comedy things like that that he was in were the things that he was the worst in. Yeah. Um, uh, and honestly, movies that involve him showing a lot of emotion are the ones that he's normally the worst in. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I love the movie. There's a movie that I that I I actually really enjoy watching that has Keanu Reeves in it, and. I think Keanu Reeves is horrible in this movie, but I really enjoy the movie because of, like the the child actors are all really really good. But there's a movie called Hardball. Oh yeah, Hardball. Yeah, 
that Keanu is terrible through most of it. Um, but like, I want to say Donald Logue's in it too. But anyway, yeah, it's um, it's like a really like weirdly stacked cast, like on the on the yeah. adult side. But yeah, it was just a movie that just didn't do that well. And reason. I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy yeah. watching that movie. But, like, whenever I watch that movie, a lot of the times I'm watching it, I go, oh, Keanu, ooh, you're making choices, and they are not good. Um, especially when he's having to show, like, more emotion. I'm like, you just sound like a stoner trying to explain something to me right now. And it is getting rough. Um, but with that said, like, like we've, we've been saying that if there's a role that is good, for, if, like, he fits into that, into the role, like, it's going to be great. It can't be a role. He's a square peg. He's a square peg and he's got to find a square, a square hole. Yeah. He's not, he's not one of those uh, actors that, that can, you know, morph himself into a character uh, and, and fit into any, any kind of hole. He's got to find the square hole. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that for sure. Um, With that said, uh, going back into some of my my lines that made me laugh really really hard um that whole keanu introduction scene was amazing um but there's a line that he says um uh oh boy i mean there was the uh where oh the only stars that matter are the ones you look at when you dream (laughs) (laughs) and when he said that i just died laughing and i'm like this is absolutely ridiculous and amazing and exactly what you would what i would say if you didn't know that keanu reeves was one of the nicest people in hollywood that's exactly what i would assume that a lot of hollywood actors are actually like yeah um yeah including keanu but (laughs) yeah that that probably was like like you said a lot of his was probably improvised is he probably heard somebody at a party say that and just be like oh god that's terrible like why why would they ever say that i'm gonna remember that and use it somewhere um oh i'm looking at a bunch of these right now yeah uh Uh, one 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 that i wrote down um as we're getting it's it's right when we're getting when he uh uh when sasha's parents uh come to the restaurant for the first time as they're setting up you've got the interior designer walking by walking and giving the tour and it's like okay we're gonna do this four top with gooby chairs i don't know what gooby chairs are at all um and obviously yeah, no neither idea. did sasha and then but she says gooby like eight times and then sasha's parents knock and sasha goes down and she turns to veronica and she's like oh no i said gooby too much she's gonna fire me and she's like no 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 she'd make me do it that's another that's another person Casey Wilson who actually reached out a whole bunch cuz she really wanted to be in the a part of the movie. Okay, um, that's cool. Uh there's actually a quote from her saying being like I might have gone too far with my reaching out and they put and they were just finally like we you just have to stop talking to us. We'll put you in it. Thank you. <laughs> um Uh there's a there's a quote from Keanu uh that was also um uh Oh no, I just lost it cuz I was I was looking up at something else. Okay. Um see that right there is what it's all about. Laboring in obscurity, starving and struggling. The man who embraces his mediocre nothingness shines greater than any. Yeah. 
that's the that's when he does the toast he, to marcus yeah well and just, it's just yeah and just the whole uh the whole icebreakers game itself is such a ridiculously good scene um oh, you mean the one that is the stunt coordinator from john willick taught him yeah that of course he had to just drop that one in there of course yep. you know But it's like, who who in this room would you kill? Marcus. Marcus. But, yeah, um, I can sit here and quote a lot of stuff from this all day. I've got a few more, but I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that part of it uh, and just say what what's your what's your thoughts? Of the, like, what did you think of the movie uh, in general? Like, what's your as, let's go let's jump right to final thoughts. What was your final yeah. thoughts? Um, I I actually really enjoyed this movie. Like like we we said, um, in the in in when you introduced this, it's like no, this is actually a movie that I'd I'd been wanting to watch that just for some reason it kept kind of getting pushed down and and I kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd actually really heard, like, good things about that. And I, I did because, like, I looked up. It's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, did it? Yeah. Um, good. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it's, like, it's got, like, a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.1 on Metacritic. Um. Oh no, at sixty four percent, which is it, that feels a little low, but it's like, like yeah, like it was like oh no, this is a super fun movie. Um, I actually I recommended it to my parents because they keep saying it's like oh we keep uh just trying to watch like a movie you know just kind of to throw something on like during the day while my mom's like knitting or stitching something she said. And she's like, yeah, we just kind of want to throw on a movie. It's like, oh, you guys might actually like this. Like, um, it was actually a really kind of fun romantic comedy um, that, like I said, it didn't get too tropey. Um, and it just it just felt like a good natural flow. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I actually really, really enjoyed it. What about what about you? I mean, obviously, I love this movie. Like I said, I think this was my fourth time watching it. Um, I, I and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just as much as the as the other uh, as the first time. Um, I, I I think that this movie has a lot of crossover appeal in the idea that it, yes, it is a romantic comedy, but it isn't that generic. You know, the the trope like they're yes they they're gonna have the same points. They're gonna have the uh the meet cute they're gonna have the this that that and i i mean it obviously is a little bit different in the idea that it's that it that it's uh people that knew each other before and then yeah. fall but like even there it's that's not different they're just it's just slightly different the way that they did it i suppose um uh <laughs> sorry i'm just i've got the movie on 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 quiet in the background yeah. it's, it's the point while they're in the 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 crappy michelin restaurant uh, where they're making the the weird food and oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves is saying sorry before he eats the 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 steak. Oh God, um, yeah the the oh God the get the heads the headphones headset on. on so you can hear the animal die. Yeah, it's like oh God, why is this a thing? 
this scene actually like that the whole idea of the restaurant made me laugh more because I just read a uh, a thing about a Michelin restaurant in uh, in Italy where a chef went to with 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 friends and they like they live tweeted the whole thing about how ridiculous and unedible the whole thing was and it was almost exactly like this and I was like oh that's wild like yeah. that that places are like the I get that there's got to be a uh, a reason for the joke, but I have the closest I've been to the, that is I went to a um, downtown Minneapolis. I went to a, a seafood place. I don't remember the name of it, um, but I ordered I, I everything I ordered was like bites like it was this like the size of a cracker. I remember ordering um, clam chowder and they like put this plate down that had like two clams in the middle of it and then they poured a lid like a sprinkle of chowder over top of in front of me and was like like bon appetit and i was just like is can i get the actual bowl like what what is going on here like this isn't food this is this is no i remember leaving there and being like and going to mcdonald's afterwards because i was so <laughs> hungry um anyway uh that's neither here nor there yeah. love this movie i think it's very enjoyable but I think it's something you can definitely go back to uh, uh, and, and rewatch again just, you know, from the funness of it, just from the jokes, um, especially people our age, people in their in their, yeah. you know, early 30s, uh, late 20s, early 30s kind of kind of age group. Um, we just it, it it is our style of humor. Like, yeah. I think Ali Wong's like a couple of years older than us. Uh-huh. Um, and Randall Park, I think, is like 10 years older than us, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Randall Park is also one of my, f- I think Randall Park might be one of my favorite actors out there right now. Yeah. Like, he is every single thing that he's in. I love him in it. Like, it's fantastic. But yeah, uh, yeah watch it. If yeah. you didn't, if for some reason you listen to this and you didn't watch it, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 and the fun thing too, like, I think it was it was also a nice little um, reprieve too of you know so many comedies as of late feel like they like this kind of felt more wholesome in a lot of ways of like they yep. didn't go too explicit on any one particular point ain't for sure. And because like you get kind of stuff that like like you know, you know, kind of almost like like super bad where it kind of almost ends up feeling like they they made a raunchy joke just to make a raunchy joke, yeah, kind of thing. Whereas like here they kind of skirt around, and I was looking up kind of quotes again, um, and it's right after they have sex the first time, and she's just like, "Hey, where'd you get the condom?" Uh, seventh grade. Uh, who, who, uh, who taught you how to put it on? Uh, this lady came to our school, uh, taught us sex ed for a day. She put it on a banana. Oh, did you practice at home with, with a banana? Oh no, I didn't need a banana at home. Yep. I I laughed a lot at that one. (laughs) And it's, it's Uh, also like, like Randall Park's delivery of that as well of just like, so earnest and just like no i didn't need a banana at home i also uh that that made me think of this the the, when they hook up again um it was really nice because there's a moment where it seems like it's the same moment from after the first hookup yeah and then they start joking with each other and and it and like 
you're, you see the growth as, as like you're like oh this could end up the same way as that first time yeah and it it doesn't yep. so um which is just a fun moment the way that the way that they they filmed it and did that was was nice uh so kyle you get the next recommendation where are we I going get the next recommendation i'm looking what trip are you taking me down i am looking at our list right now and i feel there's like there's a lot there's a lot that you have on there <laughs> yes but also like i feel like we're in a good a good uh good state like a good run of our of our last few recommendations um of being a little happier uh <laughs> on on yeah, these we did. um this one and before that we did uh we did uh drive it driving miss baby nope yeah, uh bring, bringing up baby yeah bringing up baby and then uh before that you know the happy movie predator <laughs> hey that was a good episode though um it, uh, i had fun yeah um so uh so i'm gonna give you two options um okay as usual let me just look at this again i don't know if that'll be very comedy technically i like the vague option approach that we've both gone with a few times yes yes um so do you want to do a well really it's a a a uh, dark a slightly dark comedy from the 90s or a dark comedy from the 70s um i mean my comfort zone is dark comedy from the 90s all right and but like this is supposed to take me out of my comfort zone uh, uh oddly enough uh the two options that i am giving you are directed by the same person oh interesting that means i'll probably like the 90s one more eh, um, the 70s one is a better movie but <laughs> just just from a growth of the yeah the, i'm sorry what uh the 71 the 70s one is a better movie um is it okay yeah but Which you, one you can't you, go okay. you can't here's, go wrong either, either way. Which one of these two movies did you see first? Ooh. I think I might have actually seen the 90s one first. Yeah, cuz I saw the Let's 90s go with that one. one and then I'll Okay, so oddly enough, uh this is actually the second episode in a row that I've tried to recommend this movie um because it was the uh, kind of the crime thriller quote unquote that I I mentioned earlier it's a got to look up the year um it's a it's a 1990s uh Robert Altman movie uh Robert Altman who directed Nashville and MASH um and it's called The Player starring Tim Robbins um he is a Hollywood exec who gets kind of pulled into this murder mystery and there's there's a lot of fun comedy stuff it's it's very it's not quite as good but it has a if from what i remember uh because i haven't watched this in probably like a decade and a half because i got i watched it um in college um it has a kind of similar tone 
to kind of like get Shorty and Big Lebowski. Oh, okay. Um, but can I ask? Was the seventies one then Mash? Yes, the seventies one was okay. Mash. Yeah. Got um, it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so so it is. Uh, the player from nineteen ninety two. And what uh, what streaming service are we seeing? Uh, this, this one out? is on HBO Max. HBO Max, the Max, the Max Attack. Yep. All right, well, be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs>